In the Park Festival is back in Newcastle, and you could be there watching headliner Rag and Bone Man. We have two pairs of tickets to give away to see Rag and Bone Man on Sunday the 5th of May. He'll be joined by Newcastle-born singer-songwriter and brother to Sam, the hugely talented Liam Fender. To be in with a chance of winning two tickets, just answer the following question. What is the real first name of Rag and Bone Man? Is it Reginald, Rory or Colin? To enter, download the free Durham On Air app for your smartphone or tablet, click on Win, and you could be in Newcastle watching Rag and Bone Man on the 5th of May. Entries close at 11pm on May the 2nd. For full terms and conditions, visit durhamonair.com. Welcome to the Durham Podcast. Technically, episode number 15, but in another way, sort of like a, a brand new dawn. An episode one, if you like. I, I thought we could call it series two, episode one. Ah, so you know how people have series of, of podcasts? Yeah. I thought we should start a new series. Or for any Americans, season two. Oh, season, whatever. Anyway, series <laughs> slash season two, episode one of the Durham podcast. And hello, um, my name is uh, Sam Lupton. You may know me. If you listen to Durham on air, the radio station, I present Durham today throughout the week. And this person speaking with me, you'll definitely recognise. This is Emma Hignett. Uh, uh, yes, who has uh, been here on this podcast, um, known as In The Loop, but uh, morphing more recently into the Durham podcast. And I've been here for about 18 months now. And we're, so go- we're kind we're of going out together. of the we're kind of going out of the loop, aren't we? We're kind of expanding the loop, <laughs> if you like. We are. We're going beyond the loop. Beyond the loop. Um, yes. So the Durham podcast from now on, I've, I've sort of been talking about this in the last two episodes, is that we're taking it beyond the city of Durham to cover the county of Durham, and we're working now with Durham on air and you, Sam, which is very exciting. Anybody I talk to about it just kind of go, oh, this is great. Yeah. Working together. It's what it's all about. Mm. And uh, mm. so you've got a brand new voice on the start of the podcast. Podcast has a new shiny logo as well, which is very pretty. I'm sure you're all enjoying looking at that. Uh, and there's more ways to listen to the podcast now. Uh, you can hear the podcast broadcast live on Sunday evenings on Durham On Air. And it's also available by the Durham On Air app as well, completely for free, uh, along with loads of other great stuff like breaking news for Durham, travel, weather, loads of stuff throughout the week. So we're kind of building up the whole experience of the podcast uh, so that it's convenient for you and also it covers more of what you're interested in and more of what we're doing uh, throughout the whole county as well. Um, should we stop nattering on and kind of get on with what's coming up on the, on this episode, Emma? Let's do that. Let's do that because uh, why wait? You've been having a chat this week. Who who are you talking to this week? I've been chatting to Hilary Jameson, who is the programme manager for Age UK County Durham. Um, I was aware of them and what they do because for a long time they've had a come eat together event in the heart of Durham in the market hall. But it's a nice one to pick up on because they don't just do that in Durham, the city of Durham. They do it across um, the county of Durham in loads of different venues. So I thought it'd be good to give you to give everybody who's listening in the opportunity to find out more about events for older people in across the county of Durham organised by Age UK County. 
It's also, been, uh, it's also been Durham Restaurant Week this week. So we've got uh, chats with two restaurant managers from the city. We'll be chatting to Alex from Turkish Kitchen. They are based on Sadler Street on the way up to the cathedral. We'll also be chatting to Stuart Lloyd. Uh, he's from the Radisson Hotel down there by the river. And we're also talking to Melanie Robertson this week about World Cancer Day, which is actually on the 4th of uh, February, Saturday. And on Tuesday, the 7th of February, there's an opportunity in Sunderland to visit the NHS's big blue bus uh, to learn more about cancer awareness and early testing because the northeast doesn't bode particularly well in the national figures there so that's why we're talking about that this week plenty to get on with should we kick off episode one of series slash season two of the durham podcast let's go for it So Durham Restaurant Week is back. It runs from the 28th of January to the 4th of February. And it's a really brilliant opportunity for you to check out many of the restaurants uh, that Durham has to offer. Perhaps a few uh, that you haven't normally been to or you've never been to before. uh, Finding some hidden gems and things like that. Stuart Lloyd is joining me this morning. Uh, He is from the Radisson Blue Hotel in Durham. Good morning, Stuart. Morning, Sam. Thanks for coming on. Um, you guys have got a great restaurant down there at the Radisson. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So uh, we've got Collage Restaurant situated within the, the Radisson Blue Hotel, which looks out onto the River Weir. It's a great location. And uh, we've got some fantastic offers for Restaurant Week next week. Um, so obviously you guys being a hotel um, and, and you're you're out there on the riverbank, you're not in the peninsula or anything. So, I mean, I'm sure that lots and lots of locals will have been to the hotel uh, for various functions or things like that. But I imagine that you get a lot of people through the door who who are not from Durham. What Do you get a lot of locals coming down to the restaurant to use to use the restaurant at all? Or is it mainly visitors that you're that you're dealing with? Yeah, that's one of the main reasons why we're participating in it. We're well known for events. We had a lot of people through the doors over Christmas for parties, etc. So uh, to showcase our restaurant offering to local people is, is a great opportunity for us. Um, there are lots of reasons why people might not go down that end of town, but I've been to, into the the Radisson a, a couple of times, and it's an amazing building down there by the river. How long's the uh, the hotel been there, and how long have you been involved with the hotel? The hotel's been here for fourteen years now. Unbelievably, I've been here for it still feels new in my head. I still consider it like a really new building, even though it's nearly twenty years old. A, a lot of people do, yeah. A lot of people can't believe it's uh, it's been here so long. It's unbelievable. So. Uh, um, yeah, great location down by the riverside. Car parking available as well, which people can take advantage of free of charge when they're using the hotel facilities. There you go. Um, tell us a little bit about the restaurant then. Um, who have you got working in the kitchen there? What, what's the menu like? What are people going to experience and what should people expect if they, uh, if they come down to College uh, Restaurant? Yeah, it is a, a great restaurant, great location, looking out onto the river with views of the cathedral as well. Um, our menu is very European, something for everybody, really. There's comfort food like fish and chips, uh, Wagyu cheeseburgers. And we've also got some nice hearty winter dishes as well, like the pork belly. Mm. And we've got a chicken dish with a nice uh, bean cachelet, very hearty and warming at this time of year. I can see you've got a good sea bass on the menu as well. Uh, there's a club steak on there, which is obviously uh, lovely as well. There's a vegan burger, which I'm getting into me vegan burgers, and I'm not a vegan, would you believe? And uh, more and more people are doing this, I find, especially as we're talking about restaurants and restaurant week. Every every restaurant you go into now tends to have not just one, but a couple of, of vegan options. And some of the vegan burgers and, and kind of vegan alternatives are really, really nice. Is that a popular item down there at the restaurant, the vegan burger? 
It is, yeah. It's something that we've had on our last few menus in different um, different descriptions. We had a beetroot burger in the past. So, yeah, vegan food is very much on the up and something that we want to feature in all of our menus going forwards. And just for, for people who've never been down there, what's the ambience like there in the restaurant? Lovely, yeah. Nice uh, nice and warming restaurant, candle lit, uh, great, uh, great ambience. And we open from 6.30 on, a, on an evening and it's pretty busy right through till 9.30. Why do you think um, Durham Restaurant Week is important for businesses like yourselves? Um, you know, I'm going to play cynic here because there, there are a few people who are who are cynical about these kind of schemes. Personally, I love them. But, you know, there'll be people out there going, why are we having a Durham Restaurant Week? What's it all about? You know, is it just a marketing opportunity? But I think it's a little bit more than that. What's your view on it? Yeah, it is more than that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Restaurant Week in the areas where I live. It's nice to see it coming back to Durham. It's great that so many restaurants are getting on board, both independents and, and chains. It's a real incentive for people to come into Durham and, and try at least one venue or somewhere that they might not have been before. Um, and for foodies like myself, it, it's, uh, it's a real exciting week. Durham's a fantastic hotspot for, for food at the minute. And um, I think everybody should get out there and, uh, and try some of these offerings during restaurant week. So if people want a little bit more information about your restaurant, Stuart, and uh, a bit more uh, information about the business, do you have a website that they can go to? We do, yeah. We can go to radissonhotels.com and have a look at the Durham Hotel. And also they can email us at collage.durham at radissonblue.com for bookings or for the latest menus. We would also recommend people follow our Facebook page as well for the latest offers because we do put other offers out other than Restaurant Week. Great. We'll put a link on our socials and on, on the app and at durhamonair.com as well. Uh, Stuart, thank you so, so much for coming on and having a chat. Have a really successful Restaurant Week and uh, me and the team will pop down if we're able to. Thanks so much. Brilliant. Pleasure, Sam. Thanks very much. Hello there. Did you know there's many ways to listen to us here at Durham On Air? You can listen to us online at durhamonair.com, on the free mobile app, which is free, off the Google Play and the Apple App Store, searching for Durham On Air, on your smart speaker, on DAB, and also now on Freeview Channel 277. This is Durham On Air, truly local radio across County Durham and Durham City. Durham On Air! So, I discovered... Come Eat Together, which is a project run across the county of Durham by Age UK County Durham. Um, And I wanted to find out more about it. I only knew one tiny little element of it, uh, which you'll find out in the interview. So the best person to speak to was Hilary Jameson from Age UK County Durham. So for the Durham podcast this week, I'm talking to Hilary Jameson, who is programme manager for Age UK County Durham um, and is ridiculously busy at the moment. <laughs> so I've nabbed a few minutes of your time because I wanted, I was aware of the Come Eat With Me campaign that you've run for several years now, Age UK County Durham. Um, and I thought, do you know what it might be good to let people who don't know about it know about it? So maybe you could give me some insight into where it came from and the aims of it. Okay, so it has been, it is a long established project um, and it really focuses on social isolation it's more about reducing social isolation it's more about um that than really the hot meal that's just an add-on and food tends to bring people together yeah Um, so that's kind of the the basis of the program it's run across the county for a number of years obviously um in the pandemic everything had to shut down so um the programme has built back up since 
in the recovery time, um, we run across 11 venues, um, four of them are college lunch clubs. So we work in partnership with Derwent Fire College, Bishop Auckland College, East Durham, um, and we're supported there by the, the college teams and the students. And there's some sort of extra warmth and value about those, um, particularly since um, warm spaces cropped up across the county um, in response to cost of living and the energy crisis. So in the college lunch clubs, they're not just um, turning up for a hot meal. So there's, acti there's activities provided by the students. So there could be some hair and beauty appointments in some, there could be some gentle seated exercise after a meal. Um, and it really just, it, it makes it a social occasion. It's not just having a meal. Um, it's an opportunity to make new friends. It's an opportunity to meet old friends. And they're supported by core, a core group of eight volunteers as well. There's two staff work on the project, um, but also the, the volunteers on the ground who, you know, they meet people, they greet them. And there's, there's groups of people who like to sit together and then mix it up a bit and just making sure everybody's included, everybody's involved. Um, we also use sort of some commercial venues. Um, we have venues in a Methodist church, for example, in an assisted care setting, and also some sort of commercial restaurants and cafes. Um, and the main thing about that is we actually sort of get the people, the owners buy in so that they support the project in terms of they'll reduce the price of a meal. So for say, um, in a commercial venue, they could be getting um, a hot two-course meal for sort of, you know, half the price of what they would pay on the main menu if they just went themselves. And that is the, you know, the um, these venues supporting AGUK County Durham and understanding that it's around reducing social isolation um, and, you know, looking after vulnerable adults across the county um, and really just sort of working in partnership with us. The venues have been quite long established. Um, we do have, obviously, as you know, the Gents Breakfast in the German Door Market. Um, that's, the know, one, that's the one I know well, is the, that's once a month on, I think, is it the third Wednesday of the month? Yes, I've got some dates here. Yeah. Um, the third yeah. Wednesday, yeah. Fif and it is 15th of Feb is the next one, yeah. And um, so, and that one, that's the one I came across first. And uh -huh. it's for any gents over the age of 50, come along and they get a speaker um, yeah. and they have breakfast. And I I was there one time in the market hall and they were just great. They were, they were really lovely. And there were groups of people who um, come every time and sit together and they're friends who've maybe worked together in the past. Uh -huh. uh, and then there were others who got to know people through that lunch club. So it, it is it's very engaging, shall we say? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, all of the there's activities in all of the lunch clubs, and they'll vary. You know, some particularly they like they enjoy quizzes, others they like their prize bingo. And um, we do also use them as to for our staff team to go along and do information and signposting. Um, so if we've got a new project, say particularly our digital inclusion project, our project coordinator Charles has been out talking to lots of the different lunch clubs to just raise the profile of the project and explain it. Um, sometimes you know people do react and engage better if somebody comes along to talk to them rather than just give them a leaflet. 
Um, and we've had, you know, um, quite a number of referrals that have come through from the lunch clubs for that project in particular. Um, East Jeremy actually went out and did a, a small group training session whilst they were in their lunch club before or after lunch, but he didn't interrupt their lunch. But, you know, and it's so it is really a mechanism for us talking to our beneficiaries, talking to our clients, and we also use it for community consultation. So we will go out and talk to them about what it is that they need, what it is that they want to see from our service offering, um, and try and fill, build that into how we develop our services. It is really important to talk to our client base to understand their needs and um, understand if they're happy coming along to the lunch club, they shouldn't tell us if they weren't. <laughs> um, but it's, so it, it, it's much more than just a meal. It's a whole package. Um, but the social engagement and reducing social isolation is, I would say, the focus, the main focus and reason. Um, so if someone's listening to this and they themselves think, do you know what? Actually, I'd really like to go to that. Or, you know, in my case, maybe you're thinking my parents might really benefit from that. How do they get in touch? How do they get themselves to one of your Come Eat With Me events? Okay, so we've got a telephone number. I can tell you what it is. Um, it's 0191-374-6577. They can contact us and speak to one of the team. They can email if that's more appropriate for them. And it's cet at ageukcountydurham.org.uk. Um the, we do do not so much pre-booking, but we also we take the menus for people um, and just make make all of the arrangements. So basically, they just need to turn up. Um, they'll get their menu choices when they're there. They'll understand what activities are happening. We always share information about new projects, um, and they will get a warm welcome. I like that bit. The warm welcome. Good food, yeah. warm welcome. And you are, it is literally across the county. I mean, I know the one I know about is in the heart of Durham, but you mentioned Bishop Auckland College, you mentioned other colleges, remind me. Yeah, East Durham College, Derwent Side College. Um, we've got um, the Elms, which is an assisted care setting in Chesley Street. Um, we also meet in Trinity Methodist Church Hall in Spennymore. And then we've got some commercial venues, the Saxon Inn and the Old Mill, um, and also the Ramside as well. Brilliant. Um, I think we might come back and talk to you again in future for the podcast about some of your other projects. Maybe the digital inclusion would be a good one to focus on in the future. Fabulous. Or the Keep Warm, Keep Moving project. Particularly at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hilary, thank you very, very much. It's been lovely talking to you. So Come Eat Together is run by Age UK County Durham and it's aimed at people aged 50 and over. Um, locations are Bishop Auckland College, Derwentside College and East Durham College. Those ones be- being colleges are only during term times. And then there's also the commercial venues, etc., which include... The Market Hall in Durham. There's a venue in Eskom, Carville, Chesley Street, Metalbridge and Spennymoor. Now... To find out the details and to get in touch, yes, you can call them 0191 374 6577 or you can email CET at ageukcountydurham.org.uk. Alternatively, if you Google Age UK County Durham and get through to their specific County Durham, Age UK County Durham website, there is a drop down menu. Um, I think it's the second from the left. 
uh, under activities and there is an activities calendar. So that will give you all the information about when and where the Come Eat Together events are, as well as everything else that you could get involved with. Does that sort you out? Hope so. As someone working in healthcare, you know that caring for others is a truly rewarding job. But when are you meant to care for yourself? Imagine delivering outstanding, patient-centered care whilst having time to do what's important to you. With Medax Healthcare, if you are a registered nurse or experienced healthcare assistant, you can care for the patients that need you most with a flexible work-life balance. So there's time for self-care too. Oh, that's better. Make time for you this new year with Medax. For more information, visit medax.com. So it is now the back end of Durham Restaurant Week. Loads and loads of restaurants and restauranters around the city and a bit further afield as well this year have been taking part in Durham Restaurant Week. One of the uh, newer establishments to grace the centre of the city is Turkish Kitchen uh, in Durham. They're on Sadler Street, and Alex joins me from Turkish Kitchen now. Hi, Alex. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How's Durham Restaurant Week been for you? Yeah, it uh, seems to be helping businesses around the area, and it helps us as well. Um, it's just been a few days now before the end of the week, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, Durham seems to help always with these kind of local events. We get local events from the council, um, in the city centre, so it always helps. Always helps business, and especially this time of the year in January. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Tell us a little bit yeah. about um, Turkish Kitchen. Then, how long has it been in Durham City? What's the history of the business? Will, will we recognise you from other areas of the region? That kind of stuff. Uh, so we've been open since um, May to, uh, a couple years ago. So about eighteen months. Yeah. Uh, maybe a, maybe a bit more. Um, the history of the businesses um we were uh, supposed to open a bit before then but obviously that was a difficult phase during the covid uh period so but we've managed to open and it's been it's been a great 18 months um the owner there's two owners of the business one is uh, a local from uh Sunderland his name's Ibo and the other is my dad who's um who's the who's in charge of the kitchen side of things um Ibo knows the area very well they've been friends for a long time so they decided to open a place together. Uh, me and my dad came up from London to open it. And yes, it's gone very well uh, since since we opened. And does the family have like a history of, of running restaurants my, my, and serving my, food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad has been a chef all his life since he was a kid, since wow. he was um, very young. So he's, he knows what he's doing. And so does Zippo. Zippo's had a few couple other businesses in the local area as well. Um, yeah, so it's he's, he's authentic Turkish food from the real, the real thing, the real Turks. <laughs> And who, who's the crew who are, like, on the ground? Who, if people are going to come and say hi to you guys, who, who might they be meeting when, when they come into the restaurant? Me, well, me, uh, me <laughs> I manage the place. I run it. Uh, so um, me and we've got a nice little team. It's a small team, but it's a, a very close team. We've got uh, Inessa, who is uh, one of the other managers, and we've got um, a few other staff, um, Turkish staff, but also we've got some locals as well. We've got... Um, Melissa, who is Ibo's daughter, she's at Newcastle University, but she comes and helps out on weekends and so on. Um, uh-huh. And then we've got uh, a couple of Geordies. We've got Lauren, who's uh, another girl that she works part-time as well. But it's, it's a small team, but it's strong. And tell us a little bit about the menu. So obviously it's Turkish food, but if people maybe yeah. haven't had Turkish food before or they're a little bit, they're a little bit scared, they're a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to like that, what, what kind of stuff's on the menu and what can you say to them to, to convince them that they, they are going to love it? 
Well, one positive about our menu is it's massive. So uh, <laughs> there's hardly anything, honestly, there's hardly, uh, compared to a lot of restaurants, um, Turkish menus, generally speaking, are very big because of such things as meze, which is a uh, meze, is, it comes, it's all lots of little things like dips and pastries, um, it comes with a lot of bread, so it's massive. So there's never, I never have any issues with um, customers not, not liking any specific things or were a bit worried. They asked me, there's a, it's, a, it's a massive menu, so that's the benefit of that. And it's, um, yeah, it's real authentic uh, Turkish food. So, um, as I say, I never have any issues like that, I can explain. And we also have a few other dishes, a few continental dishes, a few uh, Greek dishes, but Greek food is very similar to Turkish. Mm. But we, we, um, we try to please everyone uh, with a large, expansive menu. Good for parties, I imagine. Good for big groups of people and work dues and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, we get a lot of... Uh, the university is a big help. Um, we yeah. get a lot of um, uh, student uh, functions, but a lot, uh, also a lot of uh, teacher-student lecturer functions that come in uh, all the time. And I, like, like you said, it helps having a big menu and we have the meze, so everyone just kind of... No one goes home disappointed. So if I was going to sit down with you in Turkish kitchen and you were in charge of ordering for me, what is it you're ordering? Yeah. What are you getting for me? What's the best thing on the menu in your opinion for me to sample the restaurant? Well, if it's you and well, as I say, with Turkish portion sizes, we don't mess about. So I would, um, <laughs> I would get the, uh, the meze shara as long as you would someone else. Yeah. And, um, as I say, sit down with that. That would be a starter. You can take your time with that cause it's massive. And, um, five cold, five hot uh, options, a real variety. Um, and I'll, I'll run you down all the details of each dish and then move you on to maybe something. Um, we've got a house special section, we've got a grill section, we've got a vegetarian section, we've got a fish section. So I, to be honest, mate, I, I don't know. I couldn't go into particular details. <laughs> Sounds like we so could spend hours what you like. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, most important question, is there a bar? Yes, yes, of course. We have um, cocktails, um, we have a, a large wine menu, but we also offer um, some Turkish uh, alcohol options like Turkish wine. We've got some FS Turkish beer, uh, Raki, which is another uh, a Turkish spirit. Um, but yeah, no, no, we don't, we don't just focus on the food. Um, the bar is a big part of our business as well. Um, we get a lot of people who just come in for a drink sometimes as well, uh, just to have a cocktail or something on a Friday night or something like that. And that end of Sadler Street as well. Well, Sadler Street as a whole, really, it's got a few new eating places popping up around that kind of junction with Sadler Street and Elvet Bridge there. There's a few new places that have popped up recently. What do you think of that location for the restaurant? Like, Is it an advantage to you guys? It's very busy on a Saturday afternoon down there. Yeah, so as I say, so we, uh, well, my dad and Ibo, they specifically, and I think very cleverly, chose this location because of the footfall um, we get from tourists who, um, they chose it because you have to walk past, you have to walk past us to get to the cathedral and the Absolutely. castle, um, so you don't miss us. Really, you don't miss us. It's the main street in Durham. And another good thing about Durham, which you do, I'm from London, um, my background is London. Mm. My dad's from London. We worked in London all the time. But um, there's a real variety here. There's never a repeat uh, cuisine. Uh, there's uh, it's a big selection. I think that's a real benefit. Whoever. Uh, allocates all the plate the cuisines is there's such a big variety around it in such a small place so but it's a nice you have you could go for anything a burger chinese turkish greek um anything you want but it's getting as better say, as well location, isn't it it's getting better every year yeah. i think in durham it's turning it we're a real foodie city it is it's getting busier as well um as i say the events the lumiere festival they um that type of thing which yeah. was lot, a couple of years ago the durham know how to um bring the people to 
to the city centre. And um, yeah, like you said, but the, the location is perfect for us. We wouldn't have come here um, otherwise without the great lo- uh, Sadler Street location. Well, I'm looking on your website as well. Uh, the pictures of the place look absolutely lovely. It looks like it's a really relaxing place to sit and have a meal. Uh, nice lighting. I think that's important in a restaurant. That's the thing I always yeah. go for. I'm like, is the lighting nice? Yeah, we got big windows. So we get the yeah. light. The lighting comes in. And when we open the place, it, it used to be a bookie's. With a uh, ceiling about yeah, just above I your remember, head, so like I you smash that. it through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to smash it all through. That's why we get the good lighting. Yeah, no, it's very nicely designed by. Um, I can't remember the name of the person now, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a by, very nice. By a very good designer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, look, if you want more information, it's TurkishKitchenDurham.co.uk, and I presume you're open all weekend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all weekend, Fabulous. every day of the week. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, if you fancy some Turkish food, head along. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on and having a chat. Thank you very much. I thought I would jump in just to let you know a little bit more information all about Durham On Air. Durham On Air is the local radio station for County Durham. We talk about Durham all day, every day. We play great music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s and 20s. We love a bit of Sam Ryder. Uh, We've got programmes about soul music, jazz and blues, 60s and 70s on a weekend morning. We've also got personalities that you'll remember as well. Sue Sweeney, a radio favourite, presents a programme which is on a Monday night and a Wednesday night. It's also repeated on a Saturday and a Sunday morning. But the point is this. There is always somebody in County Durham who wants to enjoy Durham On Air. And Durham On Air wants to communicate with you as well. So if you find yourself needing to relax, needing to know what's going on, or just needing a little bit of company and you want to find out about what is happening in our part of the world you can listen to Durham On Air, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the best part is it's completely free. Uh, you can listen on DAB Digital Radio in certain areas of the Northeast. More details are available on the Durham On Air website. You can listen on Freeview TV channel 277, as long as your television is connected to the internet. You can listen through smart speakers, uh, the one that begins with A, and Google as well. You can ask it to play Durham On Air, and it will. Uh, And one of the best ways to take part in the station and now the Durham podcast is to download the free Durham On Air app for your iPhone or your Android phone or your tablet and your iPad. Uh, Go to your app store, search for Durham On Air. You'll get all the episodes of the Durham podcast updated there for free. You can listen to the station. You can get traffic and travel and weather for Durham 24 hours a day. And the latest news as well will even alert you to breaking news happening in the county. Durham On Air is here to stay. And if you haven't checked us out yet, We can't wait to have you as one of our loyal local listeners. Download the app now and check it out. So ahead of World Cancer Day, which is tomorrow, Saturday the 4th of February, NHS England is launching the NHS Busting Cancer Tour. Uh, uh, An NHS double-decker bus will be touring the country next week to help raise awareness of the signs and symptoms of cancer and to encourage people to visit their GP for potentially uh, life-saving Checkups. The giant bus, which has been donated by Stagecoach, will visit five areas across the country where early diagnosis rates for cancer are among the lowest. Uh, it's going to kick off the tour in Blackburn on Monday, and on Tuesday, it's going to be at Sunderland, uh, Keel Square from 10 till 1.30, and the Sunderland International Bangladeshi Centre from 2 till 4. Uh, this is coming as a recent survey shows that the most common reasons for waiting to book a GP appointment We're not wanting to find out any bad news. Uh, Here to discuss this with me this morning is Melanie Robertson. She's the Assistant Director of Nursing and the uh, Cancer Lead Clinician. Good morning, Melanie. 
Good morning, Sam. Can you tell me a little bit about this, uh, about the Cancer Bus Tour? What is kind of the, the aims of it next week? Yeah, so the, so the aim is, um, is, is two part, really. One is to promote awareness of the symptoms of cancer so that people actually recognise what those symptoms are and, and know what they should be concerned about. But equally to, to, to encourage them that, um, that it is worth coming forward and getting those symptoms checked out at the absolute earliest opportunity. Mm. Uh, so we, we know that 83% of cancers, if diagnosed at a really early stage, a curative um, so people can su- survive that so we want people to to recognize those symptoms early but actually not sit at home and worry about them but come forward and talk to their GP hmm. um, about what it is they've noticed with their body what, what's different and and that their GP will, um, will will be able to make an assessment of that and and if necessary refer on to the hospital for some um, some checks that we can um, that, that we can determine whether somebody actually does have cancer. Mm. But largely those symptoms are very often uh, unrelated to cancer. So actually a lot of the time we are um, putting people's mind at ease and actually uh, allaying those worries by people coming forward and telling us what, what they're noticing. So what kind of things um, should people be be looking out for? Because it's all it's obviously it's all well and good saying if you've got the symptoms, but you, you sort of need to know what yeah. those are. So what what should people pe- people should visit the bus next week? If is kind of what I want to ask. What, what kind of things should people be looking out for? Maybe uh, they should go yeah. and get a second opinion on, or go and get someone look get get it looked at. Yeah, absolutely. So really, we we're talking about anything that just doesn't feel right about your body, mm. um, particularly things that have lasted for more than about three weeks. So the things that are really common would be um, unexplained pain. So so pain where you haven't had uh, an injury or a fall that's lasted for a good th- three weeks mm. um, or more. Uh, tummy troubles, so discomfort in the, the tummy or diarrhea that perhaps lasts for, for three weeks or more, and, and other changes in the bowels as well. So if if people are noticing uh, blood in their poo or that their poo has changed colour and has become pale or, or a bit greasy in nature and has lasted for around three weeks, we would, we would want those symptoms reporting to the GP. Mm. If somebody um, notices blood in their wee, their urine, um, even if that's just once that they notice that, we absolutely would want them to, to discuss that with their GP as well. Mm. Um, and then other things such as um, heartburn or indigestion that's um, that's persistent, um, feeling uh, particularly um, unwell or, or, or tired um, and, and unexplained weight loss quite noticeable weight loss um, that that uh, doesn't come from changing diets or increasing exercise, those things. And, and of course, as you might expect, unexplained um, bleeding or, or, or lumps and bumps. Um, so they tend to be the most common symptoms. There is information on the NHS website about cancer symptoms and, and people can, can go there to, to look at any of those in a bit more detail and find out what it is that we're actually um, looking out for. But the, the bus will provide information around those sorts of symptoms and there'll be staff on hand to have conversations with people about those symptoms as well and signpost them to the to their GP's practice to to get things investigated. That was sort of my next question was if if people do visit the bus quite understandably some people might be a little bit nervy about coming to talk to somebody about that or it might be a little bit of a delicate 
symptom or, or a delicate situation, what would you say to people who are maybe, uh, quite honestly, listening to the program going, well, I would like to come, but actually I'm a bit nervous about it or I'm a bit scared. So do you know what? I'm not going to bother, which is what this research suggests a huge proportion of people are feeling about even visiting a doctor. So what, what would your advice be to somebody who's been honest with themselves at home and maybe going, oh, I'm not sure I can come because of my anxiety around it? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think what I would say first is the vast majority of time these symptoms don't um you know don't prove to, to to be related to cancer so actually worrying at home is going to do yourself no good at least if you come forward and we check it out for you we may be able to completely reassure you so so actually just coming and having a conversation is 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 the first step and yes we don't necessarily like having conversations about intimate parts of our body or our our bowels etc but GPs and, and, and nursing staff, we've had these conversations hundreds of times. We don't get embarrassed by it. So so please don't get embarrassed yourself about having these conversations with us. What do you think about, about the research that's come out, This uh, the latest survey for our area? Over 60% of people in the northeast aren't fully aware that experiencing either discomfort in the tummy area or feeling bloated for three weeks or more are potential signs of cancer. Um, the most common reasons are, are not wanting to find out bad news. That's about booking a GP appointment. Um, yeah. what, what, is, what did you think when you saw this research come out? Yeah, so it's it, it, it's really... Um, was it, a, was it a, know, any great shock or, or was it kind of in line with what you, what you kind of already knew yeah, in your work? I think it, it wasn't perhaps a great surprise in that we know that, that cancer in this area is often diagnosed at the later stage. And that's something right. that we really want to, to address. We, we want people in our local area to, to um, have the opportunity for curative treatment, you know, an early diagnosis of cancer so that it does promote survival in this area. So we absolutely have to get the message across that either you know, these are the symptoms, watch out for them, please come forward. Um, but also don't don't worry about coming forward because there is things that we can do about it, particularly when these are at a really early stage. There are loads of different reasons why people don't come forward to the GPs and, and, and we really want to try to get to the bottom of that and encourage people as much as possible. Do we have any idea why the North East may have those um, later diagnoses than, than other areas of the country, is it? Is it? economic is it is it just a a general societal mood are we any closer to knowing why that might be I I think the economic factor does play a a great part in it Mm. um we know that unfortunately in in the northeast there is a a lot of deprivation Mm. um that might mean that um they don't have um the opportunity to 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 exercise and eat as healthy that there might be higher rates of uh, smoking and an increased alcohol intake which makes people a little um uh, uh, at higher risk of, of cancer yeah. um but equally people sometimes have other health problems um coming from an area of deprivation so sometimes the symptoms are not necessarily as clear uh, as the, as they would be otherwise sure. um and, and equally, sometimes people are really nervous about taking time off work, etc. If they really are relying on um, on their work, but we we really do promote going and talking to the GP and, and giving this the priority that it that it needs to to be. So the bus is in Sunderland Keel Square, ten a.m. till one thirty uh, next Tuesday, the seventh of Feb. And then it's at the Sunderland International Bangladeshi Centre from 2 till 4, again on Tuesday, the 7th of February. Uh, Melody, where yes. can people go for more information? Maybe they can't get along to the bus, but they want to check some stuff out online. Where, where could they go to yeah. do that? 
Absolutely. So there is a, a an NHS website, which is just nhs.uk. And um, within that page, you can um, select cancer symptoms and look there for more details. Um, equally, the GP's practices have loads of information about cancer symptoms. You can call in your GP's practice and pick up some information leaflets. Uh, certainly on the, on the bus next week, we have those leaflets translated into nine different languages. So um, please come forward and um, and have a look there. And the um, the NHS website, again, has access to, to different languages as well. Melanie Robertson, thanks so much for coming on and chatting. Thank you. And that is it for Series 2, Episode 1 of the brand new Durham podcast. Thank you to Emma Hignett, without whom none of this would be possible. And thank you to all of our contributors who have taken part in the podcast this week. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode where you can hear more best bits from the Durham Today programme, which happens every single weekday at Durham On Air, and also more extra bits from our contributors around the city and around the county. And if you want to get in touch with the show or the podcast, you can now email us studio at durhamonair.com. That is studio at durhamonair.com. Until next time, check out Durham On Air live 24 hours a day, seven days a week on DAB Radio and, of course, the free Durham On Air app. We'll see you next time on the Durham Podcast. You're locked in a strange room. Time is against you. You need to get out, and there's only one way to do it. Have you got what it takes to discover the clues, solve the puzzles, and escape before the clock runs out? Then step into Escape Rooms Durham and see if you can unravel the mystery of Mr. Borrowdale's study or steal the formula in the lab heist. Escape Rooms Durham is the perfect challenge for families, friends, colleagues and birthdays. Find out more at escapedurham.co.uk Then come and escape from Escape Rooms Durham on Sadler Street in Durham City Centre. 